It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Today on Locked On A's, we are talking about Fuji dominating the Dodgers. The A's made five more cuts from camp. They are down to 36 players. Which players got cut? There's some top prospects. How does that impact the A's roster moving forward? And then finally, we're wrapping up today with an under-the-radar guy uh, that could have a big impact on the A's in 2023. You're not going to want to miss any of this today on Locked On A's. You are Locked On A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. How's it going, A's fans? Welcome to episode 544 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's show, we're talking about Fuji because he's amazing and you should be very excited about him potentially starting on opening day. We're going to talk about his start against the Dodgers. We're going to see if he lines up for an opening day start because I did some math and uh, he might. He might. I Literally, he might. That's kind of the answer, but we're going to get into it. And then we're going to talk about some reassignments that the A's made. The A's shifted three top prospects to minor league camp. Which prospects are they? Which other guys got moved as well? Uh, And then finally, we're going to wrap up today's episode with an under-the-radar guy who's having a very stellar spring, and uh, you're not hearing about him, but uh, he he could have a big impact on the A's this season out the gate. He's going to be on the opening day roster, so we're going to talk about that person as well. But before we get into anything, thank you so much for making Locked On A's your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube. If you are currently on YouTube, make sure to subscribe because we are trying to get to 1,000 subs by opening day. We are still like 65 short, so we're going to need a push in the next like week and a half. Uh, but if you're already subscribed, thank you so much. If this is your first time, make sure to subscribe. Um, also, make sure to comment down below. Give us a thumbs up in the in the like area over there. That's how it helps the YouTube algorithm find other fans, A's fans or baseball fans like yourself. So uh, do that and uh, make me happy. Do that. <laughs> also, make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm by Jason B on Twitter. Check out Inside the A's for more A's news insight and analysis coming your way whenever A's news happens. It's at Inside the A's or si.com slash MLB slash 
Athletics. Uh, also, before we get started, today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Baseball GM. Ever dreamed of becoming a Major League Baseball GM and managing your baseball franchise? Then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimatebaseballgm.com or look it up in the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code locked on all caps in the game. And that code, uh, you definitely want to use that code. You get like $2 billion to spend. Uh, so you, you get basically John Fisher's net worth or less, I guess, uh, in just a promo code. So have fun with that. Go download the game and have fun being John Fisher or not. Uh, that's myself for the game. It's a very addicting game, let me tell you. But uh, let's talk a little bit about Fuji and his domination of the Dodgers on Sunday. Uh, he improved to 3-0 this spring. Records don't matter, but I thought it was fun. He's won all three starts this month. Good for him. Uh, he had uh, this last uh, outing, he went four and two-thirds. He gave up one hit, just one hit. An earned run, three, or five, sorry, not three, five walks. He gave up five walks, and uh, he struck out four. Uh, the earned run was actually because he, he walked the bases loaded and gave up a sack fly, so that's wild. Uh, and also, the last pitch that he threw was a double to Patrick Mazika, and uh, that was a double that he gave up. And then he was pulled from the game with four and two-thirds innings. Uh, he threw roughly, like, between 75 and 80 pitches. Uh, I, I didn't get a good look at the pitch clock there, or the, uh, the pitch count. But, uh, yeah, he was on an 80-pitch limit. I had seen him right around 70 when the, that last uh, at-bat began. I don't think it went 10 pitches. So, between 75 and 80, that's that's where he ended up. There you go. Uh, this spring, he has thrown 12 and two-thirds innings pitch, has a 426 ERA, seven hits allowed. He's... He's his own worst enemy is what I'm going to get here because uh, he has 13 walks as well. So he's allowed some base runners, but mostly of his own volition. And he seems to know what's going wrong when it's happening. It, he's just a little slow to correct it. Um, it Matt Kawahar has been uh, writing about this a decent amount after every Fuji start. Like, oh, hey, well, what's going on here? And his front has been flying open. What does that necessarily mean? I don't know. It, it means that he's coming... He's coming undone before he should, um, is how I understand that. But uh, yeah, he's he's led that that has led him to some uh, some command issues. Uh, Thirteen walks, command issues. Thirteen walks in twelve and two thirds innings. That's one inning, you guys. Uh, but he has seventeen strikeouts, so he's unhittable. But if he just lets them on base freely, then that's where he's going to get into trouble. He has a one fifty eight whip. Most of that is the thirteen walks, but. He has only allowed seven hits. That's really impressive, you guys. And this Dodgers lineup, uh, it had some some actual guys in it. It had Freddie Freeman, who's great. Mookie Betts is over there playing with Team USA, who is uh, in the finals. And I think on tomorrow's episode, I'm going to be talking about the WBC and uh, why it's fine. I'm going to talk about why it's fine. And also some other, other talking points that I've seen bandied about. But uh, that's on tomorrow's episode. talking about the WBC. Uh, but they, they had Freddie Freeman in this lineup. They had J.D. Martinez in this lineup. They had Max Muncy, the, the first, in this lineup. Not the A's prospect. Not the current A's prospect. The former A's prospect, Max Muncy. And then they had Miguel Rojas in this lineup. Also, there's a, a nice moment where J.J. Blade, I believe, walked. Because uh, that's what he does. And then he stole second base without a throw. And uh, Miguel Rojas was over there at second base to greet him. Uh, he, he didn't cover second base. He walked over there once J.J. Vlade stole second base. And then they, they said hello to one another. Former teammates with the Miami Marlins. I thought that that was cute. I tweeted that out from uh, by Jason Bade. But, uh, you know, j just a, a fun moment 
uh, for spring training. And there's been a lot of those. And there was another one of Tony Kemp and, you know, A's great Chad Pinder when uh, the A's faced the Reds this weekend. And uh, I believe uh, Kim from uh, Arizona tweeted that one out. And so uh, Tony Kemp, Tony Kemp uh, retweeted that one as well. Uh, Fuji just was dominating in this game. He struck out uh, Freddie Freeman on a on a heater. It was 96 miles an hour. He also struck out Max Muncy on a breaking ball, and then he gave up the sack fly uh, later on, an RBI sack fly to Freddie Freeman, and then he walked Max Muncy so, uh, in their second at-bats. So uh, we don't know what to make of that, but uh, he did say he kind of like played nonchalant. He's like, They've never seen me before. I have the upper hand. So, I mean, we'll see how this goes. But uh, at first glance, he's doing great. Other than the walks. He's doing great. First time around the league. It's that second time that it is going to be interesting. Um, but moving on here, we got uh, Drew Rosinski. He worked a little bit in minor league camp. Both him and Fuji were scheduled to pitch the same day. But they wanted to, you know, get both guys enough work in and also uh, get some some bullpen guys some work in in actual Cactus League play. So uh, they just had Drew Rosinski throw a minor league uh, session again, which is odd because that's a second one. And are they trying to hide him? What's going on here? Uh, He's probably fine, right? He's fine, right? But I don't think that he's going to be the opening day starter because of that. Just just a thought. Um, But Fuji, speaking of opening day starters, is lined up to pitch opening day. Kind of. Kind of. There are 11 days between his last start yesterday, on Sunday, and opening day. 11 days. And that is a a six-day rest week, or a six-day rest, and then a five-day rest period, which is what what you need. Or, you know, he'd be pitching on the fifth and the sixth day. That's what I mean. Um, and so, uh, for a typical starter, that's fine. That, that would work. He would pitch opening day, given that. But he's also from Japan, and they, they usually go every sixth day. And so, would they be rushing him if they had him pitch on opening day? They've talked about having a six-man rotation at points during the season and using some of their depth. Is that... We don't know necessarily, but if they want him to pitch opening day, he can. He can pitch opening day, and I think that they, he should. I made that case last week. Um, I think that it'd be great. Uh... Other than, I mean, he's going to pitch the, one of the first two games, is essentially how this lines up. Either he's pitching uh, on Thursday, March 30th, on, you know, five days rest, or four days rest and pitching on the fifth day or sixth day, depending on how they work it this week. Um, or he's pitching the next day and he's got, you know, uh, two six-day periods and he'll be fine. Uh, so, interesting to think about, uh, but he is he's lined up. What, what's going to happen here? I, I think that he would go on, you know, short rest or, you know, regular rest for uh, Major League players, but uh, short rest for Japanese players um, to face his, I'm going to say nemesis, Shohei Otani. I think that he would do that. That seems like something he would do. He seems like a competitor, and uh, that, that gets me excited just a little bit. But just for, you know, uh, talking things through here, you got Kyle Muller. He started on Saturday, so he'd also be on regular rest. He could also go ahead and uh, make that start if they wanted Kyle Muller to do it. Uh, he is going to be in my rotation. I, I did a whole uh, roster projection over at Inside the A, so go check that out, si.com slash MLB slash athletics. Uh, there's roster version uh, roster prediction version 3.0, uh, and there's there's a couple of changes. Uh, mostly Ken Waldachuk is not in my rotation anymore, but uh, there, there's been some other changes as well, but Muller would be facing Texas on Thursday, and then he'd just have a little bit of extra time before opening day. That's how it would work for him. James Caprillion is lined up for the spring finale in San Francisco, 
So he's probably not going to be uh, getting the opening day start, which is probably the best option for him because he is still kind of recovering and you want to give him as much time before he really has to go out there and really do it. So uh, that's that's probably the best case scenario for James Caprillion with something that I talked about uh, at the end of or uh, during that episode last week. And uh, so I think the Fuji is going to get game one or two. And I'm hoping that it is opening day. But coming up, we're talking about reassignments. The A's uh, reassigned three of their top prospects. And then later on, we're going to be talking about an under-the-radar guy that you should probably know a little bit more about because he hasn't been talked about. And I'm going to talk about him coming up. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Baseball GM. Ever dreamed of becoming a Major League Baseball GM and managing your professional baseball franchise? Well, your dream can come true, and this game is definitely for you. Manage every strategic aspect of your team. There are a lot of aspects, let me tell you. Uh, but you can play through the season and lead your team to glory. You're going to be responsible for hiring the right coaches and staff, manage team finances. You got to scout and draft players. You got to manage difficult personalities. You have to navigate your franchise through free agency and all of the ups and downs of a season I have tried so many times I got fired my first go around and that did not feel great uh, I went up to my wife and she was filled with shame that I got fired for my fantasy baseball uh, game and uh, it, it was it was rough but I, I've dusted off I think that I've learned a little bit and uh, we're still not good but I haven't been fired yet, so I think that I'm winning at this game. Uh, and Locked On A's listeners can get 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On. That is all in caps, Locked On, in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com uh, and scan the code right over here. Look it up in the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com, the ultimate baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace Podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. We are still trying to get to 1,000 subs, so make sure to mash that subscribe button down below. Uh, leave us a comment, too. Why not? Say, so good at baseball, so handsome. Uh, that, in, in reference to me or yourself, I don't care. Just comment down below. Uh, and also make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm a by Jason B on Twitter. Check out Inside the A's for more A's news insight and analysis coming your way whenever A's news happens. It's at Inside the A's, at Inside the A's on Twitter and on Facebook, so you never miss an article over there. But let's talk about some reassignments. The A's uh, trimmed the roster five more players. They're down to 36 players in camp. 31 of those players are on the 40-man roster. Four of those are not. Uh, they're non-roster invitees uh, and... Two of those players are non-roster invitees vying for a spot in the bullpen, uh, and we'll talk about that here in a second. But uh, first, we got Tyler Soderstrom. He was reassigned to minor league camp. He is the A's number one pick. Uh, num not number one pick, number one prospect. <laughs> number one. I mean, he's both, but it's fine. Uh, he went eight for 31 in spring training. With That is a 258 batting average. He had a 324 on base. He had two doubles, a triple, a homer, uh, and then he walked twice, struck out five times. Not a bad stat line. He, he's getting ready for the season. Uh, it, Mark Kotze had said that he was still, he wasn't like, his development was paramount uh, in, in the A's minds, but he was still in the running to be the backup catcher to Shea Langoliers to start the season. Uh, they, like, they hadn't ruled that out, and I was like, well, why not? If his development's paramount, he's going to be sitting on the bench. That, that seemed not like the thing that you were saying, Mark. But whatever, uh, he, he got reassigned, so it's not him. <laughs> he's not the A's backup catcher to start the season. He might be later. Um, I think that, you know, if the A's trade Jesus Aguilar, 
He could he could become a, a first base option that way, and then he could also play some catcher as well. I don't know. That's one way to do it. Uh, why not? But then you got Ryan Noda, and then they're both lefties. I don't know. It's weird. Um, so I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by Tyler Soderstrom and everything that he does. He's really good. Uh, but Zach Geloff, he's also really good. He's the A's number three prospect. He went seven for 22. That's a 318 batting average. He had a 423 on base. He doubled twice. He tripled, or he didn't triple, sorry. It's three walks. He, he walked three times. And he struck out seven times. Uh, the strikeout rate's a little high. A um, little high. Not like super, it's a little high. It's roughly 30%. And uh, they're going to see, he did that a little bit uh, in AAA last year. And they're, they're going to want to see him trim down on the strikeouts just a little bit, maybe to 25% or something like that. Uh, he, he had some power in, in AAA last season, but uh, they're going to want to see him trim down the strikeouts, I imagine, before he gets the call up to Oakland. So that's something for him to work on. Denzel Clark, number uh, the A's number 13 prospect. I think that he's going to be in Midland, but he could start off in Lansing. Uh, that's, that's up for debate. Um, but he went 6 for 13. That's a 462 batting average. That's uh, pretty good. That's uh, he, had a, he had a good spring, you guys. He had a really good spring. And he's not going to start in trip player in Oakland, okay? that just not how that works. It's all about development. you got to hit all the steps, especially in the A system. They're not like the Braves or the, the Astros of, of yesteryear where they would just call guys up from AA. That, that's not how the A's generally operate. So you got to hit all the steps. He's going to be in Midland at some point this season, maybe to start the season. I don't know. Uh, but he had a 632 on base. That is extremely high. Granted, very small sample size. Uh, but really good. He had a double, a triple. He walked four times. He struck out four times. That is good plate discipline in a very small sample size. But I like what I saw from uh, Denzel Clark. Him and Lawrence Butler are just going to ha have their way with whatever league they're in. If they're both in Midland, which Lawrence Butler should be in Midland. Um, but if Denzel Clark is there, that's going to be some must-watch baseball for you guys. That's a that's a great duo to watch if you want to get excited about some A's baseball. Go watch some Midland Rockhounds. Midland Rockhounds. There you go. Uh, also, Geloff, Clark, and the next guy, Jake Fishman, uh, they were all on WBC teams um, up until recently because all of their teams got eliminated. Um, so now they're back with the A's, and then they got reassigned. So welcome home, guys. Uh, but Jake Fishman, he is a lefty. He was uh, signed as a minor league free agent. He was vying kind of for the Kirby Sneed spot once Kirby Sneed went uh, down with injury or was shut down. And uh, so that we, we don't know what's up with Kirby Sneed just yet. But Jake Fishman was kind of in talked about in that role just because he's a lefty. Uh, but he had three to third innings pitched this spring. He had an 8-10 ERA. He gave up five hits, three runs, walked three, struck out five. Uh, he is usually a control pitcher. So for him to have basically a walking inning is... It's not concerning, but it's not like his best showing. And so they're going to give him some time down in AAA. He'll be fine. And he, he could be a legitimate option if the A's uh, feel like they need another lefty in the bullpen. Or like Sam Mole goes down or something like that, and they need another lefty. It's Jake Fishman. He's, he's probably the guy. Garrett Williams is also around, but I think that Fishman uh, has better command. And he's also been in the big leagues already, so that gives him a little bit of an upper hand on Garrett Williams, who uh, has struggled with his command in the minor leagues, and I think that that's part of why the A's reassigned him last week, uh, is they, they want to see what he can do over a longer stretch and, uh, you know, make, make a better judgment from there. And then, finally, you got Rigo Garcia. He went seven and a third innings pitch this spring. He had a 245 ERA. He struck out 11. Good stat line, right? He also walked five. 
Uh, and that is where I think he, he missed his opportunity right there. I initial opportunity. He is still in the mix as a depth option for the A's moving forward. But uh, I think the opening day opportunity was missed because of the, that, that, that walk rate was a little high. <laughs> his whip was higher than other guys who have given him way more hits uh, and had higher ERAs. So I think that uh, long-term, I think that Rico Garcia would have been uh, an iffier option than a couple of the veteran guys that are now firmly in the bullpen mix. And uh, th those two guys are Drew Steckenreiter and Austin Pruitt. We are familiar with, with Austin Pruitt. I, he, I fell in love with him last uh, year at the end of the season. Uh, in his spot start against the Chicago White Sox. I know that I bring this up all the time, um, partially when I talk about A.J. Puck. But uh, he went five no-hit innings against the White Sox in a spot start because the A's needed somebody to start a game, and Austin Pruitt's like, I'll do it, I guess. And he was amazing. He threw, like, 50 pitches. Ten pitches an inning against a team that was scorching hot. And uh, he, he just went out there and utterly dominated them and gave the A's five innings as a reliever. Not bad. Uh, and then A.J. Puck came in when the A's had, like, a three-run lead and uh, blew that game. So, that was... But Austin Pruitt, he can do basically anything that you want him to. You kind of know what he is at this point, so that's that's where he is. Uh, this spring, he has thrown five innings, given up uh, eight hits, two earned runs. He hasn't walked anybody, which is good. Uh, and he's also struck out four. He has a 360 ERA and a 160 whip. So, he's been, he's been okay. He's been all right. He's still getting ready for the season. But then uh, Drew Steckenrider, he's thrown eight and two-thirds innings pitched, which leads me to believe, because he's gotten way more innings, that the A's want him to be the guy, their their veteran presence in the bullpen. So I think that Steckenrider probably gets the nod overall, but it's definitely between these two guys currently. Uh, because he also has worse stats overall. Uh, eight and two-thirds innings pitched, 12 hits allowed, five earned runs, uh, so not great. Um, he, he's walked three, struck out eight, so higher strikeout rate, walk rate is obviously higher because he's allowed walks, um, and he has a 519 ERA and a 173 whip, so, uh, you know, it, it's one of those two guys. Neither of them is necessarily boasting confidence right now based on the, the spring stat lines, but they've both done it in the Major League uh, sphere before, and I think that either of them is probably going to be a decent option. Uh, I mean, if it's Steckenrider, he could be working later innings, maybe initially, or maybe even not. I don't know, or maybe he's like the fifth inning guy until he gets his feet under him. But uh, coming up, we're going to be talking about a guy who could be a late inning option for the A's sooner rather than later, and he is flying completely under the radar. You want to know who I'm talking about, don't you? You got to stay locked in, you guys. Today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel. The tournament is heating up, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from money line to point scores and three-pointers drained. Uh, I know that I don't watch a lot of college basketball, but I love to make brackets, mostly because my wife likes to make brackets and then compare her bracket to other celebrities. And uh, I don't think that either of us are doing very well. I had Kansas winning the whole thing, and uh, they're gone. Uh, St. Mary's lost. Um, there, there's been a bunch of upsets. I didn't have fairly, what's it? What university, whatever that one, I didn't have that. I don't think anybody had that one, honestly. But um, yeah, it hasn't been a great tourney for me, and my back, my bracket's gone 
But uh, hey, why not download FanDuel and uh, see if you can win back some money that way? Because they even let you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace Podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe. You've made it this far. Why not? Just subscribe down below or in your audio podcast platform of choice. Uh, make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. Check out Inside the A's for more A's news insight and analysis. Come your way whenever A's news happens. It's at Inside the A's or SI.com slash MLB slash athletics. But let's talk about this under the radar guy that I have been plugging the entirety of this episode. And if you... If you follow Inside the A's, you know who I'm talking about because I wrote about him last night and it posted an hour and a half ago. So get those alerts on for Inside the A's and you'll never miss an article over there at Inside the A's. But uh, the guy that I'm talking about is 27-year-old right-handed reliever Chad Smith, formerly the drummer of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. He is now a baseball pitcher that has gone back in time. No, uh, <laughs> just a different guy named Chad Smith. Just a, a regular... Chad Smith over here. Uh, he was acquired from Colorado uh, for uh, it, back in December, uh, like before Sean Murphy was traded, I believe, um, which is maybe why he flew under the radar as, a, as an acquisition. But he was acquired uh, in exchange for 2020 second round pick Jeff Criswell, um, who had been doing fine. He'd been He'd been all right. And some people are like, why are these going after journeyman relievers? That's a weird trade. Um, well, I, I'm going to not necessarily compare him to Liam Hendricks, even though they have similar repertoires and similar uh, outcomes and stuff. Uh, Chad Smith doesn't throw as hard as Liam Hendricks. He doesn't have the command of Liam Hendricks. But um, just as a counterpoint, Liam Hendricks was once a journeyman reliever, and then he turned into Liam frickin' Hendricks, the best reliever in baseball. So, I don't know, sometimes it's not about the destination, it's about the journey, you guys. That, that's how that works. Sometimes it's a journey. Sometimes you don't just trade a second-round pick for an all-star. Sometimes that's, that's that. The A's are good at this, okay? The A's are fine at this. Chad Smith is going to be great. I'm going to tell you why right here. Uh, he had, well, not, not, not like immediately, but I'll get to it. I'll tell you why you should be excited about him. But uh, he has 18 innings of Major League experience. He has a 750 ERA for his career. But, but, uh, I believe six of the 15 runs that he allowed were in one game in his first game in Colorado. So, yeah, I'm going to just take that out of there, honestly. And that gives him like a four or something ERA. So it's a lot better off the bat. And his expected ERA, based on the quality of contact that he was giving up, was roughly league average at 391. You take a roughly league average pitcher and you take him out of Colorado, you put him into the Coliseum, the, the best, no, one of the best pitchers parks in baseball, I think that he could have a lot of success doing nothing differently. And the A's know how to change guys or make them a little bit better, refine some skills. Uh, I think that they are better at that than the Rockies. I, I, I do. And I think that he could be a really good pitcher just based off of nothing changing at all. But I think that things will change. And also he's pitching at the Coliseum for half his game. So there's that. Um, he also had a 56% whiff rates last year on his slider. That thing is nasty. That is the eighth best whiff rate in baseball. Minimum 10 plate appearances. Um, so basically he faced 10 guys and threw them sliders. Um, that He had the eighth best whiff rate in baseball 
given on that on that one pitch on that on that slider and that is a very good stat and I think that is exactly why the A's traded a second round pick for that slider they wanted that pitch right there and then they can work some you, you, you have them throw the slider like 75% of the time I don't care uh, then sinkers 25% of the time they're going to figure out a way to make him be very effective and that slider is going to be at the forefront of that uh, of that charge so I think that that's where we are right there. He also had a 100 batting average against on that slider, which is very impressive. So it's unhittable. You can't hit it. And then also, when you do hit it, yeah, you don't get hits off of it. So there's that. So he's dominant. He has been amazing. Uh, uh, that, that is, uh, you know, more or less true. His first spring outing, his first stint, or his first appearance in the green and gold, uh, he went one inning, gave up three hits, three earned runs. He walked one, struck out one. Not a great... Not a great first appearance, um, but you know, hey, maybe that's just how how things go. Maybe he's not great at first uh, first appearances here, but uh, since then, his five appearances since then, uh, they've all come in March. He's gone five and a th- five and two thirds innings, going up just one hit, zero runs, walked three, struck out seven. It's pretty solid. He's having a very quietly solid spring. I'm intrigued to see what Chad Smith does in 2023. You should be too, because uh, that. I, th- I think he's got the goods. He could be pitching late innings for the A's uh, if they trade, you know, Trevor May at the trade deadline and all that stuff. I, th- I think that he could be in that mix, depending on how the season's going, could be in that mix to be the A's closer sooner rather than later. Uh, at-, at the very least, he should be pitching the 7th or the 8th by midseason if these stats are what I think they are. So uh, start buying into Chad Smith. Nobody's talking about him, but... Your boy at Locked On A's is. <laughs> but anyways, that's all that I got for you guys today. So thank you so much for making Locked On A's your first listen. Now for your second listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. You can win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. But uh, that's it for me today, guys. So until next time, go out and celebrate good times, A's fans. And I'll talk to you tomorrow. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.